Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, Ms. Ray Lyon. Hello. Good morning. And me, Brianna Larimer, uh, Missouri Training Institute. We are missing our fearless leader here, yep. Ray. Yep, he's on the road. Yes, he he's on the road. He's doing a lot of training for us again. We're excited to be back in person. Yes. I know he is, too. He is. So. He, he told me that yesterday, actually. I called him and had a question for him, and I said, how's it going? He said, oh, I've missed this so much. Uh-huh. I've missed this so much. So I guess I'm going to have to put him on the road more often. (laughs) Isn't it funny that that you're putting the boss on the road? (laughs) I know. I know. I do manage the calendar. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to have this time to sit down with you again today. Um, You know, and I think this particular topic that we're bringing to the table, you know, you were the first one to really open my eyes to this. And then I had a mentor that really kind of pushed me in this direction. She did. But let's, we're going to talk about values. You know, I think we've referenced it a few times on previous episodes, but I really want to break it down for some folks who maybe haven't been intentional about being as conscious about them. I think you and I have both gone through experiences where we Mm -hmm. were very intentional about sitting down and identifying them. Mm -hmm. So let's first define values. What does values mean to you? Values are the guides that you live your life by, the Mm -hmm. things that you find most important in your life. And sometimes you're living your life by these certain guides um, and what you mean by intentional, um, but sometimes you don't even know it. That's true. So you're living your life based on these guides and uh, maybe you don't even know it, which then can lead you astray. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's the way I look at it, too. Right. The the way you're living and working and then usually measuring your satisfaction in life, your contentment in life based off of those things. So I want to bring us back a little bit, because as I mentioned, both of us have been have experienced this in very intentional ways as far as bringing our values to the forefront. Um, But can you share a little bit about that experience for you when you determined it was time to take a hard look at your values? Yeah. You know, I was mid early 30s, I guess. And one of my values is achievement. It's actually in my top five strengths. It's um, number five in my top five. And I value it. Um, I didn't actually know it and name it and, you know, have it on a poster or anything. But I've always been an achiever, kind of a a get it done, check it off the list. And I um, held a position in the bank um, that I worked at that had a nice title. I was also a mom of two and young kids. And I but I invested a lot of my time in my job because I loved it and it set it filled my cup. Um, And for those parents out there, they know that parenting is tough Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always reap you immediate rewards and satisfaction. And I just remember coming home one day and seeing a picture that my daughter had drawn and in preschool and the family. And so I'm asking her, you know, after dinner, you know, tell me about your picture. And she's identifying everybody on the picture. Um, And then I said, well, where's mommy? And she says to me, well, mommy's at work. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't even make the drawing. I didn't even make the picture. Um, And that's when I knew my value. I was living it. um, But 
not in the way that I wanted to be remembered mm-hmm. for that value. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really insightful. And I think it's also interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm about the same age you were when mm-hmm. you went through this. And uh, this process for me started out a few years ago. Um, unintentionally, I got a mentor. My mentor told me, you, you know, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sit down and write a hundred things that you have on your goals for the next five years. And I'm like, and, and, uh, that's intense. Yeah, that's intense. And so then the goal was to go through and bring it down to your top 10. Then based off of those top 10, okay, now figure out based off those goals, what you value, you know, so it was a right. weird way to kind of get through a, a value sort. Um, but I, I did it. And I think I just did it as like a check the box. Like, okay, I want to be able to tell my mentor, <laughs> I, I did this. Yeah. Uh, Done. You know, yeah, yeah, I did it. Done. Um, but I don't know that I was as intentional about it as I actually have been in the last few months mm-hmm. and uh, kind of reverse roles a little bit. Part of that, I think, stemmed out of this feeling that I became a new mom and everything, family has always been something I valued mm-hmm. uh, as well. And in this role, I was putting so much emphasis on that, that I felt like I was losing my identity and some of the other things mm-hmm. that I think I valued as well. And um, I didn't know what they were. That was the hard part. I knew achieving. You mm-hmm. and I are similar in that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, well now what does this mean? And what does this look like? And um, I think I've really sat down and penned a paper over the last few months to figure out how do I need to live my life now mm-hmm. with the multiple different identities I'm going to have? How do I identify what those real values are so it can guide me kind of like that compass in the decisions that I've made? And I will say for the first time, I actually just told my husband this last weekend, uh, first time in my life, I, I'm like at peace with all of my decisions. Yes. Yes. And I, I've never felt that before. Like I can get up in the morning and not think about, all right, what should I be doing? What could I be doing? Why am I not doing that? Like I feel confident in the choices that I've made. Yeah. So it's a really cool feeling once you put some space and some time into identifying your values and using them to guide your way forward. Yeah. And I think that's that is what's nice when you've put in the work. Yeah. Um, because it's not just, oh, I've got a couple hours. Let me sit down and write my values. Um, it It is a laborious um, endeavor mm-hmm. and you do have to put some effort into it. And you've got to have a really hard talk with yourself because it wasn't easy to look at that picture and say, you know, you, you're sucking as a mom. You know, like that's not cool um, when your daughter doesn't even include you in the family drawing. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got to make some big changes. And it's hard then to turn around and look at a career that you love and that you've worked to the top of and say, "Mm, you know, how am I going to make this different? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was a big change. I didn't just, you know, step out of going to committee meetings and getting myself off boards and saying no to, you know, the things within that organization, because those actually were some of the things that were very necessary in the position that I held. I had to make a career change. Mm -hmm. So... How did you get the courage to do that? Um, it, it was a lot of communication with my husband. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, you know, if he hadn't been a supporter, because it was it was going to require somewhat of a lifestyle change, because there was going to be a loss of 
income um, for a period of time. But I, you know, I had other um, support systems. I had, you know, girlfriends. I had, you know, my mom, some family that kind of talked me through it. And, um, you know, it didn't happen overnight, obviously. It happened over a course of months, maybe even a year to get other things in place, mm-hmm. you know. Um and in addition to figuring out what it was, because mm-hmm. achievement, I, you know, I, I do believe that how you do one thing is how you do everything. So it wasn't that I had to change my value. My value of achievement is still me. I'm still that person. But how I went about fulfilling it mm-hmm. needed to change. Mm-hmm. So I, I just had to look at that differently. Right. That's a great point, because I think that holds very true in my situation as well, is recognizing that I will also always see achievement um, through different lenses now a little bit. That's still me, though. And once you've identified your values, you're right. They don't change. And so, you know, there's some benefits to this. We both said that this is a very time consuming process. But, you know, in doing that, I think some of the questions I was asking myself prior to identifying my values, things like uh, what, you know, am I doing what I should be pursuing right now? Um, You know, should I should I do this or should I do that? Um, Should I should I go through and compromise uh, my opinion on this or should I follow the traditional path or start something new? I mean, it was literally every day waking up, asking myself these questions where for the first time, as I just said, I I'm not waking up asking myself these questions anymore. Well, you've got to find what behaviors are in alignment with that value. So, you know, I I want to qualify. I'm not sure that your values and I know some people might disagree. I'm not sure that your true core values change over time. I think, you know, whether I was 33 or hopefully someday 83, that I still at some point will have the value of achievement. What I do think will change then is the behaviors that fulfill that value. A great point. So I know some people are like, no, values evolve. And I'm like, "Mm," you know, other values might become more important, you know, might raise to the top of of the list. But I think the ways I, I achieve at 83 might look different than the ways I achieved at 33 or even 53, which I'm beyond now. But um, and you're right. I don't achieve at my age right now. What fills my cup now at this age in achievement does look different than what mm-hmm. filled my cup at 33. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And it's yeah. I, and I think I, I actually really do appreciate you saying that because I I think in a lot of the research I had done for this episode, things were saying, you know, your values change and uh, we should be doing a, a pause and, you know, different stages of life and figure out what your new values are. But you're absolutely right. It's not the values that change. You know, my husband's a high achiever as well, but he's also older than I am. Mm-hmm. And so for him, he's at a different place in his career than I am now. And so for me, there's still a certain way that my career achievement looks versus mm-hmm. maybe what his career achievement looks like. It doesn't still mean that he doesn't value achievement. Right. It's just that his age looks different. Right. So you're right. I think that's a great point. The behaviors associated to that value change. Right. So, you know, you know, working for a university, you know, it's, there's always like, oh, you need more degrees. You know, you need more mm-hmm. degrees. Work on your doctorate. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm not going to, you know, flat out. I'm not going to. Well, we can't put you on a, you know, a a tenure track or what I was like. I don't care. 
<laughs> you know, mm-hmm. back in the day, man, I would have hopped right on that. I, I would have hopped right on that without any any thought. But I don't have enough time left. I don't I'm not talking to, you know, to be morbid, but I don't know that I'll get the return on that investment mm-hmm. to fulfill that achievement value um, when I know I could achieve or other values are more important. Mm-hmm. You know, my my family, my mm-hmm. relationships, that value has kind of jump to the top of the list, Mm -hmm. you know, achieving in family relationships is much more important um, now than achieving in my career. Sure. I love what I do, um, but and I'm going to keep on doing it, but um, uh, to the best of my ability, but I'm not going to get a Ph.D. to do it. Sure. Well, let's talk a little bit, you know, because I know you you do this um, and actually we've done it with a leadership development course that we put together recently. Uh, but you've done this values sort of yes. bit. And so I want to kind of walk our listeners through this idea of where do you start? Like if you're like, all right, I'm in a place where maybe I'm a little uh, unhappy or I'm not feeling that contentment that we're talking uh, about. I'm not sure if I'm in the right place. Where do people start with this value? use sort, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Well, I think you you were right. You know, start by asking yourself those questions. You know, when when have I been the happiest? You know, who, you know, get at the who of you? You know, who am I truly? You know, when I was that happy, what was I doing? Who was I with? Um, what else was contributing to that happiness? You know, was it a place? Was it an activity that I was engaged with? And really just kind of find the circumstances. What what strengths of mine was I using? You know, and, and try to get down to that. I also, when I was on this journey, I also talked to my friends, mm. you know, and what do you think I'm good at? And mm. where do you see me, you know, shining the brightest? And sometimes I had to really swallow a jagged pill mm. when they'd say, no, you're really not that good at that, Ray. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't really like that anyway. Mm -hmm. And then I started kind of creating this list of loves and this list of don't care if I ever do this ever again. And then I really just started culling out those different things, those items. But I think it does start with trying to decide who Mm -hmm. I I really was. I love that you brought up asking people. Um, and I can remember a very prominent time in, in my career when I was considering making a major transition into a career path uh, because I'd been in that environment. It was when I worked for the police department and my role as PIO was uh, public information officer was changing. I was a civilian public information officer and uh, I had to make a decision. Was this going to where was I going to have to find something different or was I going to become a cop essentially? Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting down because I valued that law, that community, that sense Mm -hmm. of community in the, the blue line family. And told my boss, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to join the academy and I want to be a police officer. And I will forever thank my sergeant for his courage in sitting down with me and saying, sorry, kid, you you wouldn't make it. 
And I went, what? I mean, you're talking to somebody who was a wrestler in high school and done mixed martial arts and always fought for women can do anything men can do. And and he said this to me and I just remember my face. Just I'm like, sure. Oh, I was mad. I was heated. I was like, who are you to tell me? I? And finally, when I calmed down from that emotional hijacking, um, <laughs> We had a conversation about why and, you know, the idea that I do wear my heart on my sleeve a lot. I'm full of emotions and the fact that I take on a lot of other people's emotions. And my sergeant knew what I would see day in and day out in that job and knew how it would affect me and make me not the person that I still am today. So forever grateful. But what that helped me identify is that even though I didn't do that job, what I valued about what I was getting from that environment was the sense of community within that family. Mm -hmm. So finding ways when I exited the department to continue to be involved, to find things like Molly's Miles or to find things like the Columbia Police Foundation, uh, those opportunities to still support my brothers and sisters in blue, but move on from mm -hmm. from the department. Mm -hmm. uh, that was helpful. That was mm -hmm. very helpful. It was the sense of community that I got out of it, not the job itself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, great point to have those people that will be uh, so honest with you sometimes that it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, once once you hear it, you know, you know, in your gut, you do, you know, exactly and I think right. there's that intuition yeah. that we all probably have that we need to listen to. And and you're like, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. You know, we kid ourselves and that's that's where we get out of alignment, mm -hmm. you know, because we we have this self-talk that's like, suck it up. You know, you know, you can do it. Well, yeah, I could do it. And that's what got me here in the wrong place in the first time. Um, and sometimes, you know, we when we think about our values and I know when I when I'm in executive coaching, when I'm coaching um, one on one with clients, you know, we talk about values and why people feel so out of whack, you know, mm -hmm. why they're unhappy. You know, they're CEOs and they're like, I'm just I'm unhappy, but everything about their life looks perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. And come to find out their values are kind of, you know, they're based on fear. Mm. You know, mm. it, their value is a fear-based value, the fear of failure, the fear of letting someone down. Mm. It's not based on a conscious choice. You know, it's not an awareness that they have that they're seeking because it's it's what they want to do. Mm. Um, it's because they want to avoid sure. something. And so... That's sometimes one of the things that that people discover and one of the things through coaching sometimes can help you with. Sure. I think that's really interesting. And I know when you brought that up during that that leadership development program, I had never considered that before. You know, so going back to that same scenario, I just. I just gave, you know, the fear of losing those friendships was going to cause me to make a decision that was literally life changing, mm -hmm. um, you know, going to shift work. And uh, who knew that a couple of years later I was going to have a baby and think of how that would have affected my life there. And so I think there probably would have been unrest and unhappiness mm. because it would have been probably a fear based decision of, well, I don't want to lose my friend. So this is the only option. Or I have something to prove. Mm -hmm. And so this is the only way I can prove it. Um, 
So great point. I, I appreciate that very mm-hmm. much. Um, so as people are kind of thinking through this, all right, and we're considering, right, those times when you, in both your career and your personal life, I sure. want to emphasize that when we think about this value. It's yeah. not just work, work, work. It is in the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Right. And and honestly, I know people are like, no, I'm, I'm different at home than I'm at work. And I'm like, mm, you might have to do different tasks, but you approach them the same way. <laughs> you're the same person. Mm-hmm. So times when you're happy, times when you're proud, maybe times yeah. when you're most fulfilled or satisfied, really yes. pausing to ask yourself those questions. Yeah. One of the things then that through my process that we did is it was almost, I'm going to call it the the uh, March Madness March Madness process. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I sat down and I had all these different values, these one word values defined. But now I'm like, all right, well, which one's more important than the other one? And so it became kind of like what I do with March Madness in the sense of I used to, because I know nothing about basketball, uh, went through and did which mascot could kick the other mascot's butt. <laughs> there you go. That was how I determined my bracket. That's scientific. I know. Very, very much so. I beat my husband several years doing that. Oh, good for you. Um, so I did the same thing kind of with my values. In, in one way, you know, if I had to choose only one, which one is more important than the other. Um, how does that look in my life? Uh, and would I be okay with that choice over this choice? And so is that kind of a similar process maybe you do with coaching clients or what does that process look like? Yep. Yep. You know, I, I ask them to kind of talk it through, define it. Um, you know, what does it look like to you? And so I kind of just make them and, and justify it, if you will. Um, how does this play out in your life? Where is this coming from? And so I want to make sure, again, that it's an awareness based mm-hmm. value, that it's conscious and that it's not coming from a fear of kind of place. And so usually asking them to talk about you know, what it means to them and how how it's going to show up for them. Mm. Um, you know, and one of the questions I, I like to ask is, you know, what do you want really? You know, because people, you know, when they when they get asked that and they really have to stop and think, you know, because sometimes they feel even selfish answering it. It's true. Very true. And it's almost, they almost feel shame, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but if you just let them have some space that's safe to answer, you know, then then you can start discovering if this is a conscious-based um, value. And I, I think you're right. Just take two of them at a time and just weed them out. You know, what about this one over that one? Mm-hmm. And then pick the one that wins and then pick up another one. Well... Does this one win over that one? You know, and just and get down to I mean, if you have five, it's probably two too many because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's still a lot. Mm-hmm. But five would be OK, you know, but it better you better darn be able to define them with behaviors and catch yourself living these things. And I, I bet you you'll find yourself living three Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but your 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 methods definitely spot on. Well, I love that you said kind of reaffirm those values. And I I really like some of these questions that I started posing to myself after I went through yeah. this process. Uh, but do these values make me feel good? Do they make me feel good about who I am? Would I be proud to take these and and to stand up for them, even if 
it's against the norm, even if if maybe it would put me in the minority uh, with just really identifying this for me. Are you proud of those top three? Are you comfortable uh, to tell telling people about your values, telling them what's going to come first in your life? Do you live that out confidently? But what else? I mean, how else can we reaffirm that we've selected the right choices? Again, I think it's, you know, not just the word, but it comes by identifying the behaviors that demonstrate the value. Mm -hmm. And so if you're having to like craft them, then it probably isn't defining you. So if you, you know, with with that level, you know, let's go back to the word achievement. You know, if you can look at what it is that you're doing very easily and say, oh, there, I see achievement there. I see achievement there. Or if if you even mention the word to, you know, your your spouse or significant, you know, whoever, somebody very close in your in your intimacy, intimacy circle. And they're like, oh, that definitely. Yes. Achievement definitely defines you. Then without saying anything else, then it probably belongs on your list. Mm-hmm. If they're like, oh, OK, well, that's interesting. You know, then it's like, okay, I need to maybe rethink this. Mm -hmm. Or if you're saying, well, you know, uh, communication is really important to me because, you know, my my parents, you know, they it was yelling constantly, you know, or um, peace. Oh, I had this with a client believe it or not, you know, peace is one of my values. And I was like, okay, let's talk about that. What does that, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. You know, why is that important to you? And, and she said, well, you know, at work, we were talking about work stuff. And she said, well, at work, you know, I just, I want to keep the peace. Mm. You know, I want to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't want chaos. You know, I just want to keep the peace. And, so to me, that was a fear-based right. value. Right. Because as a leader, what we further went on to describe was she wasn't addressing difficult topics. Mm-hmm. You know, when, so when things would come up, she wouldn't address them because she wanted to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was from a previous encounter where it wasn't comfortable. And so she wanted to avoid chaos, keep the peace. Mm-hmm. And so we had to we had to talk about that some more. So if if people can't just go, oh, yeah, I see that, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's coming from a good place and it's it's supporting you and lifting you up and then, yeah. I say it belongs on your list. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate the fact that you give people the opportunity in these coaching sessions to go through this. And so I want to just before we close out today, I want to say if you have been thinking about this process, this executive coaching process, professional coaching process, uh, reach out. You know, Ray is uh, right now currently full with her clients. However, we're taking a wait list right now. Um, And so I encourage you to get on that wait list. Uh, The initial consults are free. And uh, we, we'd love an opportunity. She would love an opportunity to sit down and, and to be able to go through this process with you. Yeah. We have lots of tools. I mean, not just, you know, it's not just talk. And of course, coaching isn't therapy. Um, it, it's very future focused, very goal oriented. And there's tools. We mm-hmm. use tools. We have an assessment. We have all kinds of things. So it's not just, you know, talking it out. Sure. Um, but, you know, there's definitely goals and achievements and, um, you know, movement. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it's very solution focused. And I will say as much as it was a very uh 
personal process for me. I think I had to do it on on my own in that way because, again, being an achiever, I needed to know I could do it and I could figure it out. <laughs> um, however, uh, I, I think that having that support system is incredibly beneficial in determining if it's the right ones. Yes. And so... Uh, reach out to us if you have questions on executive coaching or professional development, mti at missouri.edu. Ray, any final thoughts before we end? You know, if I didn't go on this journey, I would not be here today. Mm. And this was probably the best choice ever. And I know you've heard me on this podcast before say how much I love this job. And you're going to have to pry that PowerPoint clicker from my cold, dead hands um, because this is absolutely in alignment with everything I'm meant to do and who I am. Yeah. My who. Definitely. Ray, thank you for your incredible insights. And until the next episode, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.